You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Oh boy. Okay, buckle up because today's show is about to be nerd central. (laughs) Just kidding, but actually kind of not because I am so excited to talk to today's incredible guest, Chris Bello. Now, Chris is a college graduate that quit his corporate job three years in. He wanted to take hold of the reins of his life and write his own story. After struggling with one side hustle after another, he went all in on residential real estate where he has quickly caught momentum. Chris is also the host of the top-rated business podcast, The Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, where he documents his journey and interviews incredible guests. Chris's motto is, less dreaming, more doing. And that is what we're going to be talking about today, doing, how to do more in less time in order to actually live your dream life. So basically, we are talking all things productivity today, from the benefits of time blocking all the way to screwing time blocking, utilizing a scheduler tool to help manage your calendar, structuring your week for maximum productivity, all the way to morning routines and so much more. Chris, Lindsay, and I nerd out on today's show chatting all about our favorite productivity hacks, strategies, and tools that allow us to get more done in less time. So speaking of more in less time, I will just stop talking and let's get to the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Chris, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are beyond excited to talk with you. Ooh, today's topic is going to be real good, just productivity and management of all the things when, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing all the things. So we're really (laughs) excited to talk with you just for our audience. If you could real quick introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know you, tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the introduction, for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. And just to give a quick summary, I like to tell people that my story really doesn't start until three and a half years after I got my quote unquote dream job. So I went through the motions. I went to college, you know, uh, like my parents and like a lot of my friends wanted me to do. Got a degree, worked in oil and gas, thought that was my dream job. Three and a half years in, decided, you know, I'm not very excited with what I do every day and I don't feel very fulfilled. You know, what's wrong with me? Like, is it, am I supposed to enjoy this? Like, I don't know. I didn't know what was wrong, only to find out that there's many other entrepreneurs and self employed people who felt the same way and have taken a similar leap of faith. And so, I started a podcast. I tried a bunch of entrepreneurial stuff that didn't work out. And I kind of landed in real estate, which is what I've been doing for about two and a half years now. And I'm starting to see a lot of momentum with that, as well as my podcast. So hopefully that gives a little bit of a rundown where I had a day job, it had really good income, and I could have been you know, higher up in there if I had stayed, but I did not like the lack of flexibility, the two weeks of vacation, 
I read the four hour work week and I was out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that book will get you every time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I get quit and conquer the world. And of course, there's a little more things that have to happen, but yeah, I had <laughs> the right a idea. More work. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yep. Okay. Oh, man. Well, I love that even just from that brief introduction, you can just tell that you're super passionate about life, about living life to the fullest, getting the most out of it. And Absolutely. I would just love like to talk to you then about, because I think Lindsay and I are very much in the same mindset of you can get the most out of life when you manage your time well and you work well and you're productive in your work. And so I feel like that's kind of going to be the overall theme of today's conversation. So (laughs) why don't we just dive into that? And what would you say, Chris, are your top hacks for entrepreneurs to be more productive in their lives and in their, their workflows? Awesome. So I do have like a five productivity hacks guide that I made, but I've got way more hacks since I first created that guide. And (laughs) I'd like to share some of those today because for anyone in the audience who can resonate with having a day job and having structure and then quitting, I remember the first Monday after I quit and I was like, well, what do I do? Do I read a book? Do I watch a YouTube video? Like I want to be an entrepreneur. Where do I start? And that is the hardest part, right? Now, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you have all this free time well, what do you do with it? How do you hold yourself accountable? And so a lot of the tips that I'm going to cover today, hopefully help, you know, the self-employed or the the people working from home to really take advantage of their schedule and create some sort of structure when they have so much flexibility. So my first hack, which is something that I believe y'all use as well, is using a booking link such as Calendly. And Mm -hmm. it, it may not really be a hack. It's just like a software. But for me, it's a hack because I had to create the ideal schedule. I wrote it out. I was like, hey, what would be my best schedule? And if I don't want to do a call at 10 a.m., I don't have to. I can change the schedule link where it only lets people book me from 2 to 6 p.m. And then Mm -hmm. I send out that booking link and it forces people to work in the time window that I'd prefer. And I know that's something that y'all did as well because... I saw that I could only book you on one day of the week to get on your show, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I really love that because I had two different slots on my own podcast and I was finding that, hey, this is kind of crazy. I'm having to set up my mic and if I go work at WeWork, like I got to take all my stuff there. Why don't I just do one day a week instead and Mm -hmm. allow one or two interviews to happen back to back? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We, we do right now we're on Mondays where I think we're going to be switching to Tuesdays. So Mondays can kind of be our like CEO day, but, uh, yeah, we do like, this is the second out of three interviews. We typically do three to four interviews or shows in a single day. So we just pop it all out on one day and it frees up the rest of our week to be more productive and focus on other things. Absolutely. Because if I mean, to take it kind of to like a nerdier, (laughs) like supply chain background. (laughs) Yeah, like the nerdy supply chain side, which is actually the degree that I got in college when I worked in oil and gas, like it's all about saving money and optimizing things. And if you think about the manufacturing floor, it's not like you can just pop out a bunch of parts. Like sometimes the machines have to be set up, the tooling has to be set up. So say you were making 100 units of widget A, and then you had to set everything up to make 100 units of widget B. The more you're switching between tasks, the more time it takes to reset. And that's Mm -hmm. the same thing with the tasks that you're doing. Like if I just do one podcast and then I switch and scramble my mind and switch to something else and then I switch again, 
you're going to be all over the place versus if I just did three of the same thing back to back when I'm in that state of mind. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Could I agree with that more? Well, and I think just for anybody that's listening to this that might not have a podcast and they're like, okay, cool. That might not be like applicable to me. I want to challenge what Chris just gave like, hey, use Calendly or use that, that blocking like mindset to your own business. Like I know a lot of our listeners are in the wedding industry, usually photographers or just like service-based in general, you still usually probably have client calls. You Mm -hmm. can't can't talk, client calls, client calls, (laughs) or you have meetings with vendors or or something. Why not make that like Monday be your meeting day? Or why not make Mm -hmm. Thursday be your meeting day and only have them book their meetings through Calendly? So I think it can be applicable, even if you don't have like a podcast that obviously is like more schedule specific. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there just so in case anybody's listening to this and is like, nah, not for me. want you to rethink that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And like me being in real estate, I mean, just prioritize what's most important. So I'm I'm a real estate agent and I also help investors. So like my most valuable time right now, my highest income producing activity is if someone wants to see homes, write offers or list a property, I'm almost willing to do that like almost any day of the week within reason, right? So most recently I took off Fridays and Sundays so no one can book me on those days. But if someone wants to book me at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday, I'm open to that because yeah, if they want to buy a house and they're working full time, like I might have to talk to them a little late in my evening, but Mm -hmm, now no one can book me on Friday. So like I went to the park last Friday, the Friday before I went indoor skydiving. It's been like me time, which has been really great. (laughs) I'm building a business that I love. Yeah. I love that clarification because I think what you just brought up is a really good point of like some business models or, or some industries you can't have like real estate such a fantastic example because you can't just meet with clients on just Monday. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to sell a house. Like <laughs> you got to like work with the client. And I think that's really relatable. Mm-hmm. But even using that, that hack that you just said of like productivity or sorry, uh, of blocking out your calendar to certain days, you almost did the flip side of it, which is like, no, I'm, you can't book me on Friday. Like exactly. I can work yeah. within this parameter, but that's off limits to myself, my family, et cetera. I love that. Awesome. Uh, do you have any other productivity hacks you want to throw at us? Yeah, yeah. So another one I'll throw at y'all. So I'm, I'm writing them down too, because sometimes I kind of talk about different hacks depending on like what I think is most valuable for the audience. So another one that Perfect. can be very helpful for someone who's working on their own business or from home in particular, especially with COVID and everything, a lot more people are working from home, even if they've got day jobs, time block. And this kind of coincides with Calendly. But if you use a timer, I literally use a timer sometimes because I'm so easily distracted. And it's hard to believe people see my calendar and they think I'm so organized, but it's because I've built (laughs) systems. I'm like, if I had it my way, I'd have a million different things in one day and it wouldn't make sense. And I would be all over the place. So you have to really consider time blocking where I'll set a timer and I'll say, okay, Chris, focus for 25 minutes, phones on, do not disturb, focus on knocking out this task, whether it's an, an email blast to my list, I spend 25 uninterrupted minutes, get that task done, get that email sent out, check that thing off my list. And then my timer goes off and I take a little break and then I start on the next task. Mm, That's so good. I think Lindsay and I are like nerds about time blocking, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's so fascinating. Even going back to kind of your supply chain analogy, 
It's fascinating how much time you waste switching between tasks or trying to force yourself to stay focused on a task for longer than your brain can actually stay engaged. Right. And it's it's mind-boggling to me when I first heard the statistic that every time you switch between one task to another, so you know, let's say you're, you just had a client meeting and you need to go to emails, but you're going to quickly check Instagram first, but switching between those tasks, you waste 25 minutes every single time. So crazy. And it's, it's mind boggling how much time you waste, but when you are, are able to strategically and intentionally carve out that time in your calendar so that you set limits on your work hours or uh, you force yourself to stay engaged on one task without switching to another. It's, it's just insane how much more you get done in a day without feeling like you've worked any harder. So it's, it's just crazy. I love time blocking. Cannot like praise that concept enough. <laughs> Same here. It's been a huge game changer and that can lead into tip number three. I was going to do another tip number three, but I think there's another one that goes really well off of the time blocking thing is create boundaries. And the way that I do that, it, it depends on your business because some people, I mean, I never had phone calls really before I got into real estate, but now, oh my gosh, I get calls on different listings and people want to see rental houses available and ask questions, the same questions over and over and over again. And so I've created boundaries and systems in a way where I send a lot of my calls to voicemail my voicemail tells them, hey, you know, you could send me a text for a quicker response or you can go to this link. And when they go to the link, it has everything they could need, information on my, my properties and stuff like that, how to book me for a call, how to listen to my podcast, like all kinds of things that are available. And you'd be surprised how many people, they don't even leave a voicemail. Once they hear on my voicemail that it says to text me, they'll text me and they'll follow my process. And yeah. it's because I've created boundaries. And I do this with clients as well. And they they learn to appreciate and respect my system so that I can get the most done for them instead of just answering every phone call and being very reactive. Mm. Oh, man. I could... Th we could have an entire episode <laughs> on boundaries. This just yep. like brought up... So I'm just like, oh, I just think of back in the day when I first started my photography business and I would give my number to my clients immediately when they inquired and then they would start texting me. Yep. And then, I mean, even as like our students, our business students that talk to us, they're like, how do you stop a client from like texting you all hours of the day? And it's like, you have like you, that's going to be the default if you let it. Right. And so I love what you just said about like making those boundaries so that your clients or anybody that's wanting to meet with you has to follow through your own like workflow and your own method, because otherwise, like your work is going to overwhelm your life. And especially the busier you get, it's just, you have to have boundaries in order to like <laughs> have a good work life balance and how, how to like live life and not have work overwhelm it all the time. Exactly. And another way for the boundaries, I started to send out a welcome email to my clients. And it just says, Hey, I can't wait to work with you. This is usually after my initial consultation call. They'll reach out. They're interested to buy, sell, or do something. I book a call with them, or they book a call with me, rather, using my booking link, <laughs> which has rules. They can't <laughs> book me on Friday anymore because I want to go skydiving and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's so cool because they book me during a time that works for me. I'm not stressed. It's very easy to talk to them. And then I send them a first initial email, which says, hey, I can't wait to work with you. Just a heads up. My, my kind of work hours are you know 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. outside of that. 
please text or email me. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. That way they're not calling me at 9.30 p.m. and wondering, oh, why is it going straight to voicemail? Like, this is mm-hmm. not important to Chris. Like, what's going on? And like, no, Chris is going ready to go to bed because he wakes up early <laughs> to do his morning routine, right? Yes, I love it. And I, I think that's actually, even hearing you discuss this, I think we could maybe talk about how boundaries are are different for other people because right. Lindsay and I, which I think Lindsay's the same way still, but I know for sure on myself, I have a boundary of no work texting, like period. But obviously I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in a bit of an industry where I kind of can do that. That's cool. Um, so I just like, I love hearing that you almost direct them away from phone and towards like texting and all this stuff. And I'm more of do not text me unless like the sky is falling and you need my attention like right in that moment. Like there's very, very, very rare scenarios where I actually like encourage clients or students or anyone to text me, like my team to text me. Like it's, it's urgent ASAP, need my eyes on it right this second. And you don't trust me to see Slack immediately or whatever. Otherwise like email Slack or if we're having a meeting, like on the meeting, but like text, it's probably also because I'm a terrible texter. So yeah, you really are. It just depends on your business and your systems. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm in an industry where there are like even older people who they're, they've been in the business for 30 years and they like to call, you know, I have a couple yeah. clients, older sellers, they want to call me for everything. And it takes a couple missed calls of me literally looking at my phone and sending them to voicemail. Like no offense to my clients. I don't think they're listening to this, but I literally will send it to voicemail sometimes so that they, they can get used to texting me and following my systems. Otherwise, if you answer the phone, like you said earlier, you're setting the expectation that anytime you call at any time of the day, I will answer, which is not sustainable. Mm, That's so good. Well, and I, this almost like slightly dips its toe into client communication because boundaries can feel like such a negative thing. Like it can feel like, oh no, you're unavailable. I can't work with you or you're so mean for saying no. But I think when you set up boundaries and you cl- communicate clearly with potential clients or with actual clients, you're, yes, you're setting up a boundary, but you're also communicating clearly and making the process of working with you so much easier because you're answering questions and you're not, you're not making anything confusing. Like you're very clearly being like, this is when I can do it. And this is when I can't. And I think that's incredible client communication and just Having a really good client experience, I think, works really hand in hand with those boundaries. Exactly. And if you let them know up front, they won't be caught off guard because people, like you said um, earlier, there are different expectations of boundaries depending on what you do. Some people, they're up late. They make calls at 9.30 p.m. all the time. So they might think that's normal. But if you don't take calls after 7 or 8 p.m., if you can let them know up front, they can at least have an idea of, okay, I should call Chris in the morning or, you know, I should do. A, B, or C, whatever that action is that you want them to do, they'll follow your rules. And again, the booking link is so good for this because I'll even have people who be like, hey, do you have a sec? Are you available? I'll send them a booking link to book a 15-minute phone call with me, even to friends sometimes. They're like, really? (laughs) (laughs) And my link has a three-hour limit where they have to book it at least three hours out in the day so I'm not just caught off guard. (laughs) Some of my friends are like, really? I only get the 15-minute link? (laughs) That oh reminds, that's, I think uh, one of our friends a few years ago when we were really, really in the middle of busy season, I literally, I'm pretty sure she filled out, Evie, your contact form yeah, on your website. <laughs> Just to have coffee with you. Yeah, she did. That's awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. She was like, 
it was like desired event or something. This was like for my photography. And she was like, coffee. And it was like, what <laughs> what, of my, what part of my work like sets apart? It was like my whole contact form. And she was like, I love that you like, and it was just like this hilarious. She filled out the entire <laughs> thing and was like, what must a friend do to get coffee with you? And I was like, sorry, it's busy season. <laughs> that is a perfect example. And it, and it works because instead of you yeah. looking at your calendar, they can find a spot that's actually available based on your updated calendar. Yeah, Beautiful. exactly. It works so well. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, Chris, talk to us. Maybe we've talked a little about individual hacks and strategies and things that you can begin to implement, you know, day to day to increase productivity. But why don't we maybe pull back the lens a little bit and talk about an entire week and scheduling an entire week? Do you have tips, thoughts, insights on how you set up your weekly schedule to be the most productive possible? That's a great question. And kind of like we talked about before we hit record, I learned, I mean, I'm always learning from other people. I learned this from you when I was booking to get on your show is that you only had one day available each week because previously I had two different days where people could book me to get on my podcast. And I was finding that, oh, I got to do one on Tuesday and one on Thursday. And that kind of limits me because if I want to go out and have appointments, you know, real estate, I got to go drive to houses sometimes. I have to run back to my house to be ready for this podcast interview in the evening. And so I really took a step back and I planned, I'm always constantly tweaking this. I wrote down, what's my ideal schedule? What if I did one day a week where I could do two podcasts in a day and I set a rule, no more than two, that way it's reasonable to prepare for. And then I put it on a Tuesday and I could change it to a Monday if I wanted to and test different things that work best for you. And again, mm-hmm. whatever's most important, if, if you are a photographer and you've got clients, you might want, if that's your main thing, you might want to make an availability for every weekday for them to book you. But if you don't want to work on Fridays, you can remove that. Previously, mm-hmm. I had an availability for Friday and someone booked me for six o'clock and we were on like a one hour call reviewing the inspection report. And I was like, man, I don't want to do calls at Friday evening. I get it. You know, yeah. they were busy but I'm kind of winding down, relaxing, want to go to dinner with a girlfriend or something. I don't want to be on a call till 7 or 8 p.m. on a Friday. So really just take a step back and think about what is your ideal schedule? What what do you feel like doing? I mentioned also, I don't let people book me on Friday anymore at all. And it's been beautiful because I'm finding that I have nothing at all on Fridays, no podcast interviews, no client consultation calls. And that allows me to do fun stuff like, oh, let me go spend some time by myself or go read at the park and just recharge for the week. Mm-hmm. I have a question from that. So it sounds like Tuesday is your kind of batch, or maybe you said Monday and Tuesday, maybe right now you might be changing that, yeah. is your podcast's <laughs> batch day, or that's like your availability, and then you don't take Fridays off. Is there anything else that you structure within your week, like on Wednesday or Thursday? Or is that, do you leave those days intentionally a little bit loose for clients to be able to do house showings or booking calls or whatever? That's a really great question. And actually, right before this call, it's funny because I had a daily time block schedule for the week, but kind of more for the day of windows of time that I do certain things. And I literally just deleted them all because I haven't really been following it. (laughs) (laughs) Someone called me earlier too. And she's like, I hope you're not or I know you're busy. Like, I don't want to take up too much time. And I was like, Honestly, I feel guilty because I haven't been doing as much lately. I I was in the backyard hanging out with my dog, just like, you know, listening to a podcast. And I told her, hey, I mean, I work hard, you know, but this is I'm having my best, my best year. I just had my best month last month. 
I've been taking the most time for myself and I've been really enjoying. She's like, I hope 2020 has been treating you well. I know it's been crazy. And I was like, I feel bad about saying this, but like, I've been living my life to the fullest. I've had the news turned off. I've been super positive mm-hmm. and I'm just living my best life right now. Um, and there's so much negativity out there, right? So long story short, the way I plan my week is just, I have availability. If anyone wants to book me for like a lunch appointment or for a buyer or seller consultation call, I'm willing to take that any day of the week. So it kind of just depends on what works best for my client's schedule. Cause you know, if I'm potentially going to make a $10,000 commission on a house, I'm kind of, I kind of want to work with them on their schedule sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah. You're like, I have time. It's like, Hey, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday at 11 AM. Yeah. I think I can do that. You know, like I could, po- <laughs> I could possibly make 10 grand a month after you write an offer. Like, let's go ahead and meet. <laughs> but for like yeah, a buyer yeah. consultation call, you know, or, or a 15 minute call with a random person, for example, that's a different link where it's like, Hey, you know, there could be opportunities to work together that comes out of this, but it's not super urgent. So if, if it doesn't happen on Monday through Thursday, it can wait until the following week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that really yeah. answered the question, but right now it's my, my schedule is pretty empty until people book me for lunch or appointments, to be honest. I love, no, I love that. that. And I think that's so good too, because I think Lindsay and I talk a lot about like blocking out your week and how we go about doing it, especially just in the industry that we're in and the season of business that we're in. You know, I personally take podcasting is on Mondays right now. Meetings are on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. Like just my deep work days are on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And like, I just have intentionally like, and each week I put different batch tasks on different deep work days and like different things. So I'm, I approach my calendar a bit more structured right now, Mm -hmm. but that's what works really well for my season of business and in the industry that I'm in. But I love getting the outside perspective from you, Chris, who are in a completely different industry and you're able to come at it and say, actually leaving my calendar really open and flexible is what works for me in my business. And it's what allows me to do what I love to do and, you know, take these great clients and work within their timeframe and get these great commissions and all this different stuff. I think it's really encouraging to hear the two different perspectives, which I feel it's just a common theme in entrepreneurship overall, but right. it, there's no right and wrong way to do stuff. It's usually what works best for you in your life, in your business model, in your you know season of business, season of life. So I love just hearing your perspective on all of this. Thank you. And I mean, I learned so much from connecting with other podcasters. And whenever I interview people, I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'll write things down. And yeah. so my, my <laughs> process is always evolving. And honestly... If you don't mind, I could share another tip real quick Yeah, that's been working for me. So before and why I deleted all the stuff on my calendar, I was going very time blocked where I'd work out. I still do my morning routine and workout in the morning, but I would have like learning from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then, you know, 12 p.m. to 1 was my lunch block. And so I removed all of those things because I just shifted over to a scorecard method and I'm happy to send anyone. I don't really have a landing page for it or anything, but if someone DMs me on Instagram, I can email it over to you. Hopefully I don't get like a million requests, but I can have like an assistant help with this or something. (laughs) But it's been cool to see. I was pleasantly surprised at how many of my friends just for me putting it on my story and social media, they asked for it. But the idea is that I have a daily scorecard and I've identified the things that I think are most important for my business and just my growth. And I give myself points. And so if I earn five points in a day, even if it happens by 11 a.m., I feel good calling it a day because I've checked the boxes. 
and that's what's been beautiful because even on the day that I went indoor skydiving and I didn't do any work, I ended up getting my five points because I give myself two points for doing a Facebook Live and three points for getting an executed or signed contract. And I did both of those on the day that I wasn't planning on working. So I still felt like I accomplished the day. I, I think you just gave so much freedom to people I because yeah. I love what you just said. And I even before you even said that, I was thinking back to something earlier of how you said you were just sitting there in the morning, like playing, playing with your dog. Yeah. And someone was like, I know you're so busy. And I think as entrepreneurs, we we think especially work from home, we like to counteract the whole like freedom of, oh, I could just like stay in my PJs all day. We have to think like, oh, I have to be working all day. I have to structure absolutely every single thing. Right. And while yet like what we're talking about is structure and is productivity, like that's absolutely important. I think I love what you said about giving yourself the freedom. Like it, it shouldn't be weird that you were just sitting there with your playing with your dog. Like you're an entrepreneur. You ticked off your boxes. You got your scorecard for the day done. It's like, that's, why we got into entrepreneurship in the first place is to live more of life and to actually like live lives that we love and have our work work for that and not the other way around, like not mm -hmm. working for our business until we die and not living any life. Exactly. So I, I think you just gave so much freedom and just touched on a topic that I don't think enough people in the entrepreneur space talk about is almost the flip side of like the reason why we do time blocking and the reason why we do productivity hacks is to have that freedom to just go to the beach one morning or just to play with our dog or go on a walk or say, screw it today. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to do one thing in the morning and then I'm going to be done for the rest of the day because mm -hmm. I can do that. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is with with high performers and, and I'm sure y'all are high performers. I consider myself to be pretty high performing. The problem that I had was after I quit my job, you know, I listened to all this like Grant Cardone, 10X, like go harder, yeah. set huge goals. And I did. And I still have huge goals. But at some point I realized, you know, I had my biggest commission month last month. I, I definitely blew past one of the goals I had for myself in terms of like a monthly income. And it didn't really make me any happier or more excited. I was just like, okay, cool. Like what's next? What can I accomplish yeah. now? And so I'm really taking a step back, back to build in the lifestyle freedom that I'm looking for because now I don't feel so guilty. Before I'd feel guilty. Yeah, like I can't afford to watch three seasons of this show or three episodes, not three seasons. That's a lot. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when Stranger Things came out, I did waste a weekend, like watching all of them. But, um, <laughs> you know, we all fall prey to that sometimes, but we feel so guilty. I always, I almost felt like I couldn't enjoy any downtime because I felt like I could be doing something for work. I'm sure mm -hmm. you felt that way as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important. I have so, so many thoughts running through my head right now. Yeah. I think it's really important that you, we recognize as entrepreneurs that rest is actually productive. And I, I think I've even said this on, on our show before, but taking time to rest and to recuperate and to recover and to play is so, so reflective in our productivity when we work. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this mindset that we can't take breaks. We can't rest. We can't, you know, sitting in the backyard with our dog or going indoor skydiving or, you know, yeah. for me, like taking, taking an afternoon off and going to hit the surf because it's really good out there like <laughs> today or whatever that I think for so many entrepreneurs, they think that's counterintuitive or counterproductive to productivity. But the reality is, and like what I've been learning over the past couple of years is that actually that makes me more productive, like getting out, 
and recharging my brain and refreshing and resetting my body and, and everything, I come back to work and I'm more focused and more excited when I've taken that day off, that afternoon off, that morning off, that weekend off, whatever. Exactly. And yeah, so I think that's so good. As much as I love time blocking, even the other thing that I was thinking when you were talking, Chris, of kind of your scorecard method, which I love. I've never actually approached it from that perspective of like keeping score. I want to talk to you more about that because I love that. Um, But I approach my days for the most part, especially like my batch work days. I have one like deep batch work task, like a top priority thing that needs to get done. And then I usually have like three or four smaller tasks as well, like answering my emails, answering my DMs, posting to Instagram, something like that. Those are like my smaller tasks. And then I have like this one big task, batch out my blog posts, batch my podcasts or whatever. And I typically, that's all I put in my days. And I'm exact same with you of if I'm done by 11 a.m. or 12 p.m., if I feel like continuing to work and pull like the next day's work into the current day and keep chugging along, then I will. But if I'm like, nah, I'm just going to, I'm going to hit the beach. I'm going to go for a hike. I'm going to, you know, do whatever. It's that freedom, but I still have that structure of knowing every single day what I'm, what my goal is and what I'm moving towards. So I love the scorecard method because I think I do it somewhat similarly, but I am intrigued by like a score method to that <laughs> like principle. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I'm, it, I just started this a week or two ago. I mean, I, I can look back. I started this on October 26th and as of the time of this recording, we're talking on November 9th. So this is yeah. extremely new and I already feel like so liberated because a lot of my friends that are in sales or they're self-employed, they asked for a copy of this because they always felt like, you know, sometimes you do a bunch of stuff during the day and you can't see any measurable results and you know uh-huh. that it's going to pay off, but it doesn't feel like it has. So you can't, you feel like you can't take a day off or relax the rest of the day. There's always another call you can do, always another podcast, always another virtual event these days. And so now that I've given myself points and I'm still, of course, tweaking what do I think is the most important, I can. I'll, give myself the different points for the day and, and allow myself that grace if I want to, like you said, I don't I don't live near the beach. I'm in Texas. I mean, I guess Galveston, but it's not quite as nice. <laughs> but if I want to go, you know, ride a bike or go jog or just go to the dog park with my dog for two hours, I don't feel bad about it because I've gotten so much done and I can visibly see that I've checked off the boxes that move the needle for me and my business. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way, and it absolutely should not be. 
Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. We were able to try it ourselves for a bit, and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs, and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview, and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling. Video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. Okay, Chris, I have a, like a negative Nancy question yeah. based on this question. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I, I just, from a different perspective, I, I'm, cause I'm genuinely curious. I've never heard of the scorecard method before. And I, I, before I say this, I, I want to say, I love it. I, I love the concept. <laughs> hey, no, I love it. Play Dave. <laughs> and maybe you don't have that much experience since it is semi, semi new. But my question is, say you were in like a really, really intense launch season, or maybe that's maybe not quite applicable to your industry, but well, maybe like at the podcast or you just had, you were in a season where you knew that like, things had to get done by a certain day in that scenario, like, okay, I've, I've given myself the score that I could technically go relax, but like, say on that day, like you literally can't, or <laughs> I guess in that situation, like, what do you do? Or do you, by doing the scorecard method, you're actually organized so that that doesn't happen. That's a really <laughs> good question. And it really does depend, I think on your business, because I've been listening to a couple podcasts that have really helped me pull back and see perspective. One guy in real estate, for example, he's been saying like, guys, you know, as soon as you make 10K a month, you're going to want 100K. As soon as you hit that, it's just going to increase further. And so make sure to build in the lifestyle you want into your business now. And so I was really trying to build that in ASAP because I know that if I have systems and processes and I, and I delegate things, I've got some assistance and things like that I can talk about. Any request that comes in, I'm at a point now where I can send it to someone and they'll handle it for me and I can be at the gym and someone's writing an offer for me and all I got to do is check the paperwork when I'm back from the gym and then send it off for their signatures. And so that helps me make sure I can hit deadlines even if I'm not physically doing the work. Does that make sense? Okay, that makes sense. Yep. I was just curious. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, I think we're in a launch season right now and I'm like, I could give myself a score by like 11 a.m., but then I'm like, but there's some things on my list that I have to get done. So I'm exactly. like, I don't know how to do that. And, and I don't know because there's the varying things. Like I always hear like Elon Musk talking about, well, if you do 100-hour work weeks, you're going to do in half a year what other people take a year to do or whatever the the number was. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got to work super hard. I got to grind all the time. But But I decided like, you know, if I'm going to miss out on a little bit of income, but I get to work 20 hours a week instead, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right? Why would I burn myself out? I don't have, I guess it's just different goals and different priorities, but I'm not familiar with the launch just yet. I mean, I'm about to build a course for real estate agents in particular. And my, my coach has given me like a launch sequence and all this content. So maybe I'll have to make some exceptions very soon. (laughs) But for my real estate business, it's so like cookie cutter right now. It's beautiful. It's a machine. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I'm, I'm learning things. I mean, I just, I didn't want to negative Nancy you all. I just wanted to, I was curious about that perspective. Yeah. Also, Evie, I know you have something to say. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think like even 
because I know, it, Chris, it sounds like we do a very similar, like at least right now, um, we're yeah. kind of in a similar, like, you know, have a few things on our list every day. It doesn't have, we don't have to accomplish the entire to-do list in one day. Um, and okay, I have two thoughts. My brain is literally like short-circuiting. I have so many <laughs> thoughts on productivity right now. I think I want to, on the scorecard and like what Lindsay's question was, at least from kind of my experience and my perspective, because I've been doing kind of the one deep work task and three shallow work tasks about for about like a year, year and a half now. I, from my experience, there's ebbs and flows of seasons. And so when I'm in just kind of a maintain and grow season, that's just, you know, 40 miles an hour. That's just, we're, we're on a highway, we're on a stretch, we're going for it. That's when that, you know, method tends to work best. Mm -hmm. And then in launch seasons, it's fine to kind of set that aside and go even harder on the time blocking and batch working. And, you know, that goes from one deep work task and three shallow tasks to three deep work tasks and nine to 10 shallow tasks. Like, and it's, it's a short season where that's required. And then I revert back to more of that maintain and grow like method. So I think it's, there are ebbs and flows of business in in every respect but for me personally using that type of approach to my work days i've found that that's what i tend to do when it comes to busy launch seasons or just busy seasons in general right and again with high performers i mean you may find that you're just wanting to fill the time with something i like to think of myself as a filler if i see space in my calendar i tend to fill it up with stuff and I overcommit, yeah, right? I overcommit. <laughs> I say yes to a lot of things. I read the book Essentialism, great book, by the way. And that gave me very yeah, good perspective so good. on like, stop saying yes to everything, Chris. Say no to most yeah. things. <laughs> because I'm always like, yeah, let's get lunch. Let's get dinner. Okay, you want to go work out tomorrow? We'll go together. And you can't do that because otherwise your schedule's packed of stuff and you don't have any recharge time, any space to think. You can't get into your deep work, your state of flow because you've got mm-hmm. five appointments that you committed to that are all back to back. Yep. Mm. Right? So I love good. that. It's so, so good. <laughs> so the scorecard, okay, well- <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. I was going to say the scorecard's very new for me. And I mean, sometimes I finish it early and I still do stuff. I'm like, well, what could I do that I feel like doing? You know, what do I want to work on? Like a fun project or something. So I give myself a little yeah. bit of grace, but I find that I am still hustling and going to, you know, a mastermind meeting. And I don't get home till nine or 10 sometimes, but I enjoy it. It's because I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I love the ebb and flow. Ebb and flow. Exactly. Like, that's so that's good. a really good way of putting it. Well, you mentioned earlier that you go to bed early for your morning routine. Could you dive in real fast to like what your morning routine, like how do you structure it to impact your productivity for the day? Absolutely. So I'm sure you're familiar with Hal Elrod and the, mir- the Miracle Morning, right? Have yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I-, I should be like, an affiliate or something. Cause I've I mentioned this on so many podcasts, but for anyone listening, Hal Elrod's book, the miracle morning, definitely it's literally changed my life because before I had no morning routine and then I tried to do like a five minute morning routine, but it was like a really weak routine. I was barely doing anything for it. And then I read that book and basically it talks about savers method. And that just stands for silence affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, inscribing, or journaling at the end. And I've literally been tracking it. I mean, I have all kinds of crazy tracking tools and Google Sheets, and I haven't missed a day at all this year. I don't know what my daily record is, but I think I've hit like 300 days or something crazy in a row at this point. 
Wow. On planes, on trips in Indonesia last year. Like I've done it on a plane. I've done my meditation. I've done journaling on in a crazy, you know, like a taxi and stuff in, in Bali. And I, I make sure to get it done, at least something. It doesn't have to be one hour every morning, but it feels so good to get that done. You feel like you've accomplished so much more than other people who are just waking up when you finish your meditation, your reading, your journaling, your affirmations, and all that stuff that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's is so there good. something? <laughs> I have a follow up question. Is there something? And maybe I just need to read the book like fully. It's awesome. But like, how do you get yourself to do that every day? Like, how do you not miss a day? Is there some sort of like cue that you use to start that habit or? Uh, could you break that down a little bit more? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And the the book kind of talks about it. It doesn't have to be the full hour. You could do six-minute savers where you do one minute of each. And that's just a good way to ease your way into it because it's it can be hard to just do something cold turkey like give up caffeine or just start working out four days a week if you've never worked out before, right? <laughs> so it gives you some tools. And I think they even have a little printout sheet where you literally put an X for each day And there's some science behind it where after you check five or six days, you kind of start to develop a habit. You're like, okay, I want Mm -hmm. to get this thing checked off today. I don't want to miss it. And if you do, it's okay. I mean, you can miss a day every now and then, but don't just miss a day and then throw throw in the towel and be like, oh, I'm never going to get better. I quit. I'm not going to do anything ever again. Just forgive yourself and then restart. Mm Mm-hmm. Love that. I love that. Well, Chris, how from implementing like the Miracle Morning and your your morning routines, do you feel, because I, I feel I have so many thoughts on this and I want to hear yours. Yeah. I, do you feel that having a consistent morning routine has impacted your productivity and just your overall life enjoyment? I honestly, I honestly do feel that because I'm very consistent. Sometimes I'll update my Instagram story with what I wrote in my journal or what I typed in my Google Docs. I've been typing it on Google Docs, but people see the consistency like on Saturdays, on Sundays, any day of the week when I'm on a trip, I'm screenshotting or a picture from a book that I'm reading and I highlight in my book. That was another thing. Hal Elrod in his book says to grab a pen, stop, you know, stop putting beautiful looking pages back on the shelf, take notes, highlight. And I do that on every book Mm -hmm. now because I'm like, this is my book. I'm not going to like sell it afterwards. I'm going to keep it on my shelf. I need Mm -hmm. to learn. And so there's so many ways that it's impacted me just from becoming a better learner, from having a routine. And that really helps kickstart my day because once I get that done, I feel very accomplished. And it's like you already accomplished so much in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then I'm excited to jump into my day and just like conquer it. I'm I'm high off the affirmations. Uh, I look at my vision board and I see all the cool stuff on there, like my dream home and cars and trips. And then I'm ready to go and actually take the the steps required to get closer to that dream. I love it. I feel I have so many thoughts on morning routines. I'm such a mega supporter of morning (laughs) routines because I think so often the slowest time for most entrepreneurs is in the morning when you feel either unsure of what to do or overwhelmed by what you know you need to do. And so when you're waking up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, I I have 50 million tasks to do. Or like you were saying, Chris, when you first started in the entrepreneurial journey, you were like, okay, so (laughs) what do I do? Like, you know, it's, (laughs) it's the first Monday. What, how do I start? What do I do? Like, it's that confusion. And when we have uncertainty as humans, 
our initial reaction is to run from that uncertainty. So we run to something that's familiar, such as TV, scrolling social media, you know, uh, spending... Ice cream in bed. (laughs) I'm not speaking from experience at all. Like hiding your head, like, I'm not, not me. I don't know what you're talking about. But it's seriously, we, we revert to what's familiar, what's comfortable, and what's easy. Whereas when we have consistency in the morning and we know in the morning before we ever even sit down to work exactly what our morning is going to look like for the first hour or two or three, whatever your morning routine looks like, it I feel in my personal life, noticing my friends, other studies that I've researched, different things, when you wake up and you know step-by-step what you're going to do for the next you know, few spaces of time, you not only are immediately productive, which means you're immediately releasing serotonin and endorphins and you know all of these happy hormones, but you're also having a structured path that you're walking on, which leads to like a habit of being productive in your mornings, knowing exactly what you're doing. And then by the time you sit down to work, you're so much more focused, locked in, excited to work, excited to check more things off your to-do list. And it's just, for me at least, switching to a good morning routine a couple years ago changed my life. Like I cannot encourage a morning routine enough because I wake up and know exactly what I'm doing. And the mornings when I skip my morning routine, I don't enjoy my entire day (laughs) anywhere near as much. Like it's so crazy. Same. I feel (laughs) like I have to at least do 10 minutes in some, there's been a day where my alarm went off late and I had to like leave the house to make it to my appointment on time. And I was so frustrated. But then after that appointment, I did the routine for my car. I meditated. I had my notebook. I did a journal. And with technology, you can do so much stuff on your phone. So I think I maybe did talk to text into Google Drive for my journal for that day. And I said, I'm doing my journal for my car. I accidentally slept too late. And (laughs) here I am. I had to run out the door. That's so good. That's really good. But another tip Uh too, this is really cool. With the scorecard, honestly, I felt bad because with all the things I already had in my calendar, technically, I already won the day with, with the points that I've accumulated I knew that I was getting my five points for the day. I give myself two points for doing a podcast, whether I'm on a show or I interview someone. And then I give myself two points for having an introductory call with anyone that I'm meeting. And I have two of those later today. And so I've already gotten my points for the day. I just need to do the calls and, and connect with people and engage. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we could help. Uh, Thanks for those two points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've got two tomorrow too. If we did the other interview. But I, I told people too That's on my awesome. social media, I was like, okay, so one of my goals is to engage with 30 people on social media because I want to connect with friends. But I said, don't feel like if I'm liking your comment or just commenting, I'm just trying to get my points. I am actually trying to connect with you, but I just need some way of measuring like what are the things that I value and am I actually doing those things? It's so good. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. But thank you for really the point. Always, <laughs> like, wow, that's so good. Wow. <laughs> I oh, really man. do love that though. Oh my okay, God. Okay, Chris, we ask every guest this question because we feel like it's like a good kind of ender question for the show. Um, our question is, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in business? That's a really good question. And I mean, that's the beauty of these podcasts because every time you ask that question and you learn, you might get a nugget for yourself to implement as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's our secret sauce. Yeah, so huh, let me let me not give you the best one I know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so honestly, the biggest thing that I've learned, and I, it was kind of a tip that we didn't really cover, but is to delegate. 
I think I kind of alluded to the fact that anything that I get at this point, whether someone wants to see a house or someone wants to write an offer on something, I've got different people in place who can do that for me so I don't have to do it. And the best example, I don't want to like sound crazy or like I'm bragging about the commission check or anything, but it blew my mind. I still can't get over it. Last month, I had a client who wanted to see a house. I paid someone 60 bucks to go show it because it was like a one hour drive away. And the next day they wanted to write an offer. I was at the gym. <laughs> I texted the offer terms to my transaction coordinator who wrote it up and we got the offer accepted. Three weeks later, it was a $650,000 house. The, ch- the check was $19,500. And I literally That's went to the okay. house like twice, like for the inspection and the final walkthrough. I think I spent five it. hours total because I delegated it's so That's good. incredible. Just yeah. mic drop right there. Mic drop. Yeah. But I, I don't want to break my podcast mic, but yeah, you know, mic drop. <laughs> Fair. I love that though. And it's, that's so good. It's so important as entrepreneurs too. It's very easy when we're, you know, riding solo and one man show. It's all it's, me. I'm the best. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's so hard to actually like let go of that control and hand it off to other people. Cause we have this false mindset that we're the only people who can do it. But in reality, that is not true. We can train other people to do it. Yes, there are tasks in our business that only we can do, but those are not as many as we think. And we're actually going to go farther in our business when we delegate and when we outsource. So I love even that practical example, Chris. Thank you. I wanted to make it easy to understand like, hey, this is the power of leverage. Like I didn't want to drive there. I sent someone there. I didn't want to write the offers. I had someone do that for me. I paid the transaction coordinator 350 bucks when the deal closed and I paid the other girl 60 bucks. So for like about $400, I I got all that work done without me having to drive there and back. And so delegating, you've got to let go of the reins and you can scale yourself. It's like having three of me doing the same job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think people can't get over the idea of like, well, it's spending money. It's costing me. It's like, well, did you just hear the numbers that he just said? (laughs) I mean, granted, that's not obviously a normal example for every single industry. No, that's not. And that's like one of my best deals recently too. Usually they're not that great, but. (laughs) I love it. But still, it just goes to show like when you spend that money to delegate, it will come back in your favor, even if not right away, eventually it will. Exactly. And then just focus on your highest dollar producing activities. I mean, I need to be talking to buyers and sellers and clients of mine. And of course, getting on podcasts and stuff is awesome to connect with other people, grow my audience. And uh, I don't have any way of directly making money just yet from my podcast, but clients and referrals have come out of it as a byproduct of value. And Mm -hmm. I used to edit all my own podcasts. I'd sit there for an hour listening to it and editing it. And now that I've got a team in place, I've got people editing it, people making YouTube thumbnails. So all I'm doing is connecting with people and having conversations, which is ultimately what I love to do. Ah, that's so good. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm sure you guys can agree with me as well. Like just connecting, having fun. I mean, creating content, you don't want to have to be editing it all and creating all the thumbnails. (laughs) Absolutely not. The minute minute Lindsay and I were like, let's start a podcast. We were like, okay, let's hire a team. Like there was no way in heck we were going to be doing this. Exactly. (laughs) Literally the the only thing we do for our podcast is create the notes and record it. I love it. Everything else is... Yeah, and the value is done. just your knowledge and you recording it. I mean, it doesn't have yeah. to be you editing it. No one cares if you're the one deleting like a right. little audio blip or anything like that. Yeah. They just care about the end product. And that can yeah. be hard to do because you had to invest money in it before you were making any money. Most yeah, likely. right. Sure. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely scary. Sometimes you have to spend money to to make money. So yeah, but it's, think of it it's as buying yourself time. You're buying yourself yep. time, which is like, how much is your time worth? Yeah, mm. so good. Have a whole conversation on that, <laughs> which goes back to the entire point of this episode. Exactly. Was just like, how much is your time worth? Yeah, productivity and living a life that you truly love. Like, why did you get into the job? in the first place exactly. or why did you start your own business in the first place? It's a perfect place? way to like tie it all up in a little <laughs> bow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, Chris, for anyone who has been listening to this episode and is just like, dang, this Chris guy is super cool. I want to connect with him. I want to get to know him. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn from you, all that good stuff? Thank you. Yeah. So you can check out my podcast, which of course I'm going to have you both on maybe together or maybe individually. <laughs> I think yes. together tomorrow, but um, the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, if you type in Chris Bello in any of those platforms, you should be able to find it. Or if you'd like to get my free guide, which has five productivity hacks, you can go to chrisbello.com slash free, and that'll get you to that link. And then I'm most active on Instagram. If you go to chrisbello09, that's just the, the, I had to pick some numbers. So someone has Chris Bello. <laughs> I keep calling it out on every episode. I'm like, I hope that guy, he has zero posts, zero anything. Uh, uh, isn't that the worst? Yes. So annoying. I'm like, dude, are, are you alive? Like, can I pay you for this? No response. I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, know. Same. But if you go I to Chris Bello 09, you can connect with me. And, you know, we. I'd love to see how I can help. If you want a copy of that scorecard, I'm happy to send it to you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for letting me share my message and connecting. Heck yeah. Thank of you so course. much for being on the show. This has been such a fun conversation. This was awesome. And I learned from you as well to change my podcast booking to one time a week. So, <laughs> so thank you. we're always learning from each other. Exactly. It's, what it's, all about. it's all about modeling, <laughs> well, honestly. Yes. Yes. All well, right. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate your time. <laughs>